He goes and gets wings and throws them on the board. Now listen, man, this guy's breaking <laughs> barriers down. You're listening to Leafs Lunch with Julia Tusheri and Michael DeStefano on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. Steph, I thought you were going to sing. It's hour two of Leafs Lunch, brought to you in part by 2for1pizza.com. Enjoy plant-based garden pesto pizza, pizza and wings, pizza and penne combo, and more. Visit 2for1pizza.com. That's a good karaoke song. It's our producer, Steph Apolito's personal favorite. to keep listening, right? Yeah. (laughs) But then I will not sing. This is a great karaoke song. Yeah. This is the classic guy pulls out a guitar a couple beers deep at a party, and it's like, play Wonderwall, play Wonderwall. So I do have a story about this song, which I will share. But producer Steph, why is this your karaoke song? This is my karaoke song. After school, me and two girlfriends went on this, like, month-long European trip. We were in a bar in, uh, bar in Florence, totally hammered, and it was karaoke night. And they had like a raised platform, like wow. above everyone. For some reason, we picked this song and just absolutely killed it with our like the whole yes. bar was cheering for Canadians. <laughs> that and all is that. amazing. It was insane. It was the best. So the girls and I, every karaoke, try to like recapture that moment. We tried it during my wedding week in Turks and Caicos. We had like 50 friends there. <laughs> it was the worst. Like people were begging for us to, to get off the mic. Stop, it was please so stop. bad. So we're like, were we just that drunk? We thought <laughs> we were amazing. Honestly, you probably like, I was were. Like, I don't know if we were actually that good. Like, do we remember it in a different way? Because we were horrific, like embarrassingly bad that Jamie and his friends, like Strutty was there, Jerome McGillip, they're looking at us like, what the hell? You have to get off the stage. Yeah. What a weird flex. Jerome was there. Yeah, so Sorry, I know. Why did I do that? I never do that. No, but you had to give context to the story, and it does make it more hilarious. I know. Thinking I was killing it? No, no. That's funny. That's hilarious. It's true. When when you go to like a karaoke night and you're a few deep, you think you're doing well, (laughs) but what does everyone else really think about you? But if you had the whole bar sing along, you must have been doing all right. I think they were just feeling it too, though. I think everyone was feeling it, not the case after. I I had a circumstance uh, with this song once. I was at a pizza pizza. (laughs) Oh, And it was after a bar night. Nothing more, no more spiritual awakening than a pizza pizza after a bar night. Yeah, it was like (laughs) 2.30, 2.30 in the morning. I was in Stratford, Ontario. And this guy randomly had a guitar in there and he just starts strumming. Was it Justin Bieber? And it's Wonderwall. No, it wasn't Justin (laughs) Bieber, but it could have been. And then everyone gets into it and everyone starts singing it and it's like a little kumbaya <laughs> session it was awesome i i have the snapchat like a video of it on my phone somewhere i can show you guys but this is a this is a good like it was a good one good eh? song to sing to so josh tempted again. in in about 45 minutes we're gonna hear your go-to karaoke song so make sure that you got it going um we gotta ask david alter too what his go-to karaoke song would be he's gonna join us in a couple of minutes here um we get the leafs and Kings tonight. You can listen to it on TSN 1050. Um, can I just ask something before we move on to hockey? Sure. I don't know what the song Wonderwall means, and I just want to admit that publicly right now. I don't know if I do either, to be honest okay. with you. Okay, just wanted to make sure we were on the same page about that. I don't understand it, but I like it, and it's a good karaoke like song. Josh is on it for us. Josh is on the case. <sighs> Thank you, Josh. What does it mean? And we'll know that soon. Yes, David Alter will join us in the next couple of minutes here. He'll update us from Leafs Morning Skate. Leafs, Kings tonight on TSN 1050 and on TSN 
Boa should be a good one, AB. Yeah, it will be. And I think like the the biggest, well, I guess Marner going for twenty one. Yeah. That's one storyline. The team going for a thirteenth straight with a point, also storyline. But TJ Brody being reinserted back into the lineup is one that I'll be paying attention to. And uh, when we saw the lines come out earlier today, and our next guest, David Alter, tweeted them out for us. The king of line tweeting. um, I noticed TJ Brody on the third pair alongside Connor Timmons. Did that surprise you at all to see that? Uh, it didn't surprise me. I'm, I'm into it, in fact. I'm into the idea of easing Brody back into the lineup after an oblique injury that we've heard. I don't know. We know oblique injuries are, are kind of finicky and that they yeah. hang around. So he can, he can get back in there and he could show young Connor Timmons the ropes as to how to be an NHL player and how hopefully to keep his skates in order and, and get, uh, <laughs> and get the, the swag should from be, the equipment guy. Connor's game, too. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, he didn't get a, a whole lot of opportunity well, they were the on special the teams night. the whole time. It was right, nice. and, and his partner, like Mete, went down to injury, so he didn't really get to play a whole lot. And right. So it was, I think you'll get a better look. We'll be able to maybe dissect Timmins' game a little bit more tonight than we were in, uh, in Dallas. Yeah, let's see what David Alter thinks. David Alter of Sports Illustrated Media Group, Inside the Maple Leafs reporter. David, were you uh, surprised to see Brody slot in on the third pair alongside Timmins, or, or you like that combo for now? I'm not surprised in the sense that I'm more surprised that he was coming back into the lineup. And I wondered to myself if this was kind of not necessarily being pushed forward, but with Victor Mete not being available and needing a roster spot because the injury doesn't sound like it would be one where you would put on injured reserve that you needed to spot. And so instead of running a a Hollowell Timmons double right shot inexperienced kind of pair, uh, you get T.J. Brody back in there, and then being on that third pair just kind of makes sense because the top four and the way they've played as of late has have really played to the point where you really don't want to kind of make any sort of change unless you feel mid-game you have to, and that's kind of the hedge bet there with Brody there in that spot that if something does go wrong, okay, well then we can move Brody up and, and kind of you know, whether it's the left or the right side make the adjustment as, as Sheldon Keith sees fit. Yeah, I guess like it, it, it's it's possible that he could move him around, right? Like he's a, a chess piece in a way where if you want to get him a defensive zone shift, you could toss him out there maybe with Sandine or with Giordano and maybe be dependent and he could kind of be a little bit of a Swiss Army knife. Would you envision maybe that being something that we see with TJ Brody where he plays with a couple of different guys tonight? Yeah, I mean, uh, Sheldon Keith actually brought that up that he expects he'll play with everybody tonight. So oh, I imagine it's yeah. going to be one of, go, one of those situations where just based on what the LA Kings throw at the Toronto Maple Leafs and, and kind of seeing where he's at, that he envisioned mixing and matching things. And it makes sense. I mean, TJ Brody as a third pair is not optimal, but TJ Brody coming back from a three-week injury and, and only getting one full practice in, even though he's been cleared for a few days, is, is thus where you, you kind of have to – see how he feels and how he responds. And if everything is as it was on Tuesday where they kind of mentioned that, um, you know, he, he went through a practice and the oblique didn't have any sort of negative feels after taking a few bumps in that practice session, that, yeah, he can come back and feel good. But not, he, he admitted in a conversation today that nothing replicates a game and you won't really know until he kind of takes that first body check at high speed against the opponent to kind of really see where T.J. Brody is at. 
Yeah, you mentioned it might be a concern, just the, the lack of bodies they have on the blue line right now as a result of injury. Victor Mete went down, like you mentioned, but uh, Mark Giordano is playing minutes and minutes and minutes and minutes and playing out of his mind. Do you think there's any concern, maybe on the Le- Maple Leafs part? I know Mark Giordano likes to play as much as possible, uh, but from a team perspective, that they might be overplaying him right now? I don't know this for a fact, but I can imagine that the sports science people and the people who look at the trackers that they put in every player's uh, body for practice and games and they're knocking down are, the doors. They're they're just like, all right, this is fine, but uh, you know, in an ideal world, we don't like this. And, uh, it's it's one of those things where you, you look at those two games. You've got 23 minutes in that game against Dallas, 25 against Tampa. And as much as Mark Giordano loves it, because you ask any veteran player, they don't want to have to start and stop. They want to play as much and as long as possible because they feel that helps them get into a rhythm, especially as a defenseman, because you're not really going high full octane like a forward. It's really more about positioning and and a lot of the stuff that way that can allow you to play into your later years like Mark Giordano has been able to do and do so effectively. So it's just more so about what's optimal, what works, what doesn't work. And at some point or another, they're going to want to dial, dial the, uh, the throttle a little bit back on Mark Giordano. And, and now fully healthy TJ Brody will do that because if you look at some of the underlying stats, Brody with Hall was actually pretty good as well, yeah. if not better, before he went down. And then putting Giordano back with Lilligren, who's had success there, also works. But it's just a matter of, not changing all of those pairs right at once with Brody. And so when you look at it, it's like, okay, we'll, we'll look at the numbers. We'll look at how Giordano is doing and we'll see how Brody's doing. And then as the game goes along, we'll make those changes based on what the numbers and sports science, how everyone's feeling is going to be. That's really just the reality of it. Uh, we're chatting with David Alter, lease reporter for uh, SI. Um, I thought I saw that Sheldon Keefe also gave a little bit of an update on, on Morgan Riley. What was the latest there? Yeah, uh, so that's an interesting one because you will recall when he suffered a, a knee injury, there wasn't really a firm timeline. I know, I know Darren Dreger reported that there was a four to six week kind of rumbling on an MCL frame of, of a grade one or two. But, um, when we caught up with, um, with Maple Leafs Jim Kyle Dubas on the road, and asked him about it. They they didn't put any timeline beyond the LTI frame for his injury, which was the 10 games in 24 days that he was mandated to kind of sit. So that's coming up. That's December 17th. And the update on Morgan Riley is that he is not put on a pair of skates yet. And even though he's healing and he's, he's working out with the team away from the ice, I got to think that the fact that he's not on the ice yet suggests to me that that December 17th, four-week portion of that four- to six-week timeline seems to be off the table. Like it, yeah. it, it, could, it, it could change, but it's one of those things where if he's not on the ice yet, and usually you see a couple of weeks, especially with the knee injury, that that's probably going into perhaps the new year, which is where that six-week frame is. And just given the way the Leafs defense is going right now, there, is, there really isn't any urgency to bring him back sooner. So... Uh, it's still not clear. The timeline for when Morgan Riley can come back is not clear, um, but it doesn't sound like that LTI timeline that they were initially putting in uh, is going to be the case. It certainly looks like it's going to be longer than the, Dece- 
December 17th uh, eligible return for Morgan Ryan. Gotcha. Well, you never want to be without that guy, but uh, they're chugging along pretty well on that completely decimated blue line without him, which is impressive to watch. Uh, The other roster updates today, David, um, Verarkin Chinsev goes back to the Marlies. Malgin in, Simmons out. Do you see the fourth line kind of in the bottom of the roster in general kind of rotating like that throughout the entirety of the season? Like We were looking kind of this year for the fourth line to have a real set identity, but do you see it going more in the way that Sheldon Keefe has opted to go for the beginning of the season in that he's going to put players in situationally game to game based on the matchup they kind of see coming? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it was kind of interesting that that Sheldon Keith actually dropped that wing and yeah. going to play on Saturday against the Calgary Flames. So uh, there already seems to be that sort of winger fourth line rotation plan. I think the other thing too is for the first time in a week or so now, the fourth line is actually listed as the fourth line because for a long time, that bottom six had camp on the fourth line, even though they played third line minutes. And it was kind of a jumble because, you know, David Camp is a third line center, but there were wingers on the third line that kind of replicated more of a third line kind of look. And now, now that they've kind of situated Alex Kerfoot uh, with Camp and Engvall as that third line, that does seem to be stable in that spot. And then you've got Aston Reese. Pontus Holmberg has played himself to becoming an everyday center with Toronto. And then, yeah, the interchangeable winger. But, I mean, a lot of that's going to be Nick Robertson as well. Like, he's got to continue to show good numbers, help guys like Tavares and Marner continue to produce. And as long as he's doing that and stays in that bottom six and Cali Yarncroke's not in the lineup, then, yeah, that fourth line is going to kind of be static and Dennis Mulligan is going to have to prove on a daily basis that he needs to stay in that lineup. So there's those interchangeable parts, but the Nick Robertson one is, is still going to be a question. And then when Callie Yarncroke does come back, then it's a question of what the Leafs do there because that's also not clear. We're chatting with David Alter, and uh, the team currently on a 12-game point streak. Uh, they're 9-0-3 over the course of that stretch. I was digging into the numbers a little bit, and, and I, I noted that, or I noticed that 65% of the team's goals in this stretch has come from the Big Four. I don't know how sustainable that is, Dave. So is is there somebody in, outside of that Big Four here kind of pointing to and think that mm, maybe we need to get a little bit more from this guy? Yeah, I mean, I think then there's a couple of guys that stand out. Um, obviously, Nick Robertson's got to be a guy who produces a bit more. Alex Kerfoot's got to have more than two goals this season. Mm. Like, I think that's number one. You know, he was driving a lot of the lines in the top six for the last couple of years. And, and being that guy who would just have the time and space in there, Michael Bunting's got to kind of help pick up the slack, though, although I really liked his game uh, with Matthews and Nylander as of late. But uh, Alex Kerfoot's really got to kind of drive the offense. And in conversations I've had with him, he seems to be pretty hard on himself about that, just kind of wanting to really kind of push the pace. And even though he's doing good things defensively, he knows that the offense has to pick up the slack. The other thing, too, about that is before that, the top, the core four wasn't scoring at all. So a lot of that is the regression to the mean, too. Because when the Leafs were struggling in October, we were talking about how Guys like Austin Matthews were, even though they were notorious for being slow starters, they weren't score. He wasn't scoring at the clip that was expected, and you could still kind of make that case from a goal scoring standpoint. 
Well, and John Tavares kind of picked that up. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, 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 no. I, I think that's why, like, I look at that. I looked at that statistic and, and looked at it more so as not concerning, but, you know, they're not going to score 65% of the goals. They're not going to have yeah. a 16% combined shooting percentage the rest of the way. So there are other guys, who, other depth players, who are going to have to step up that just haven't quite done that yet. Especially when you consider yeah. the way the Leafs have lost in the playoffs the past couple of seasons when goal scoring just seems to have dried up. Exactly. Yeah, and I can't remember. I think Austin Matthews' shooting percentage at one point got down to something really low. Three like percent was, at one. That's point. right. Yeah. So, so, so a lot of it was just kind of bringing that, that back to the average. So they get that going, and then the hope at this point is if the core four forwards start to slow down, Alex Kerfoot starts to pick it up and get goals again. Right. So either him or you know Cal Yonkroke was starting to get some of those goals, but. He also had a pretty low goal scoring percentage as well. So they weren't getting that third line scoring and they weren't kind of fixing things up from that standpoint. So yeah, I, I, for sure though, the core four guys are, are going to be in that situation where they, they're not going to be putting up points all the time. Mitch Marner's point streak isn't going to go forever as much as we'd like it to. And it's been a fun thing to watch and it continues to go right now going for 21 tonight. Um, so all those things are going to come to a head at some point. It's just going to be a matter of, okay, what, who's going to be the unsung hero when those guys don't score? And you can certainly point to a lot of candidates like Nick Robertson and Alex Kerfoot, for sure. That's David Alter of Sports Illustrated on the phone. And, David, tonight the Leafs will have a look at uh, their former draft pick in Sean Dursey, Toronto boy, too. So that always adds a little bit uh, when teams come through here and they have like a third of their roster from the greater Toronto area. But this might be the most excessive case I've ever seen in my entire life. It's 200 friends and family at the game, just like the most excessive thing you've ever heard in your he life. He bought 200 tickets? He, I hope that he didn't buy them because that's like his... Well, that's DLC. how it works. Like they get a couple. I know, that they're but given I, I hope that he, some teammates. But you don't get. No, they don't tickets. get any tickets. Road teams and home teams in Toronto do not get any tickets. Players pay for those tickets. They pay for them, right? So it's an allotment. Yeah, yeah. Like for two per, and then you really have to kind of just go with like other players hoping for Europeans. We're not going to use their allotment and other staff those and then yeah. kind of find look if you have friends and family in here it's not hard to find some sort of bulk group rate for tickets and look at secondary ticket markets and all those kind of things to kind of get everyone going together are they all going to be in the same section i doubt it i'm sure they're going to be sprinkled all around just because of the way availability for tickets go but um yeah, but think about how much that would stories. cost how much yeah. does that cost it's obscene it's in toronto yeah. it's not like this is in columbus like this this is in toronto well, maybe you're hoping for, for your fa- friends and family members to, to pull their weight, right? Like, yeah. you get the tickets, but I don't think it's reasonable necessarily that you're paying for abs- everything. If you want to go, I'll hook you up with access, but I can't cover absolutely everybody. Right. I'm, sure, I'm sure it's like a wedding party where it's like some people are at the head table and you cover them. Right. And then the rest of them are just kind of like, well, you know, you got to show up your, uh, you know, the, uh, the wedding gift has, has to to hold the value of at least more than what it's costing for your meal. Yeah. I want the report from Section 20 <laughs> post-game in the bowl where all the visiting team, family, and friends hang out. Like, I wouldn't, it's going to have to be a meet-and-greet with Sean Dursey. He's just going to have to line the 200 folks up and just run them through the gauntlet. It's craziness. Yeah, yeah, but those are always fun, you know? Like, we always hear about the friends and family and those players just really wanting to have a big game because they're playing in front of an yeah. audience that they see. And so... You know, Toronto, 
there you always hear that myth and everyone kind of like the Leafs always say how hard it is to play in Toronto, but Hey, it's, it's a fact. The reality is that the opponents do get up for playing here, whether it's during the week oh, yeah. or on hockey night on that Saturday, because it's just, they just know that there's an audience. So they really want to put their best foot forward. He did score his uh, first National Hockey League goal against the Toronto Maple Leafs last does. year. Everybody does. Everybody does. It seems. Yeah, he did. Uh, we'll chat with David Alter um, from Sports Illustrated. David, we, we've kind of been, I don't know, we've been having a fun throwback Thursday type of we're day. We're off the rails a bit. We, we had Erin Ambrose on, and she was talking about how they were on, uh, they're on a road trip, a couple of the girls in the, in the PWHPA All-Star game tomorrow, and they're going up to Ottawa, and we were talking about, you know, who's control of the ox cord? What's the karaoke situation like? And we've been kind of talking about some carpool karaoke. So I got to ask you to keep on brand and with the theme of today's show what's your go-to karaoke to david i have a couple but my main one is bohemian rhapsody by that's such a cop-out answer what that's not a cop-out first of all way too long of a song to have as your karaoke song gotta make it last it is a little long gets into it everyone gets into it You, you don't want to pick an obscure track that the whole place just kind of tunes out. If you're yeah. going to do it, you want a song that it's kind of transcends decades that everyone in the in the bar or wherever it is is going to know. So Bohemian Rhapsody it hits it. You have to have the falsetto. You have to have the wide range of vocals to hit everything there to make it good. Like to me, Ooh. it's not a cop out. If you can do it and you can do it well, then it brings the house down. And I can speak that from experience. So, <laughs> what is your drink of choice before you get on the stage and perform oh, this very uh, excessively long song? Probably a Ryan Diet Coke, but that's generally my drink. Of Over choice. under three, does it take to get you on stage? <laughs> oh, uh, under one. I can go. <laughs> like I'm at the point where I can do that cold turkey. You know, maybe 15 years ago, that is when amazing. I was a bit more shy, I was. It, it probably was over the three, but now, now I could just belt that out. I love it. This part right here is always gets people going, too. Yeah, this right? probably would. I, I can see it. it. It is a little long, but it has so many layers to it. It does. It's a good karaoke. It does. It's, it's not bad. I'm, it's growing on me, Dave. It's growing on me. We got to do some yeah, karaoke I night. Cop, yeah, I don't know why it was a cop-out answer. People <sighs> love it, and if you can do it well, it brings the house down. Yeah, it's just like it's just so tough to do it so well. You know what I mean? It's 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 a tough song to uh, do, but if you can do it, which I would love to watch you perform the song. To be honest with you, we should do like a Leafs Media karaoke get together. <laughs> I can. It'll it'll happen. Let's it'll do happen. it. Let's do it. Amazing. All right, Dave. Appreciate you taking the time to join us today. Uh, enjoy the game tonight, pal. Uh, you got it. Thanks so much. All right, David Alter, Leafs reporter inside the Maple Leafs for SI media group bohemian rhapsody i i, I think just i don't know th- that's one of those songs where it's like okay you're new bohemian rhapsody okay well i'll sit here for the next half an hour and enjoy it yeah like it's i don't want to use the term you know it's, it's not like a hero move but it's like oh, it's a bit of a hero move it's a little bit of a hero move you know like my go-to solo is wagon wheel Oh, that, that's a great karaoke song. That's a tune that gets people going. Yeah. You get Wagon Wheel going. I, I mean, if you're doing that one right, everybody knows the song. They know the lyrics. They get into it. It's a good one. Irreplaceable Beyond. Like, there's so many good ones. There's so yeah. many good ones. You ever seen You ever seen a, a drunk girl get on the stage after being wronged? 
and sing before he cheats by Carrie Underwood. Oh. <laughs> like, that, yeah. that is an experience. Bonus points if her ex-boyfriend's in the bar. Bonus points if oh, that happens. Geez. And oh, if it's my. at the foundry in Thunder Bay. Daggers. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. Is there a story here, Julia? Oh, one of my high school friends. <laughs> we, were, we were all just kind of like, you're really gonna, like, I don't know if any of us were drunk enough to, to encourage her to get on the stage and do this, but she did, and it was... And he was there? Oh, yeah. Oh, my. <laughs> that's that's gutsy. It was legendary. Gutsy it was legendary. We were all cringing but cheering at the same time, and, yeah. and uh, I think it was really cathartic for her. Yeah, that's a gutsy performance there. <laughs> shout out to uh, shout out to your friend. There. Her whole soul in that one. <laughs> all right, up next we get to our Thursday three pack. We we started the show talking about Tage Thompson and what he did last night. Four goals in the first period, ended the game with five goals, and it got us thinking. You know. Who are some of like that next wave of must-see players in the NHL? We always talk about, okay, McDavid, that's Duh. a must-see guy. Kale McCarr, must-see guy. But who's that next wave that's starting to kind of creep up into that category? I think Tage Thompson's in that mix. we got a couple other guys also that we'll get to uh, next here in our Thursday 3-pack. I'm Mike DiStefano with Julia Tashiri. You listen to Leafs Lunch here on TSN 1050. Again. Now, back to Leafs Lunch. On TSN 1050, the Leafs live here. This is it. This is my go-to karaoke tune for solos. If I'm doing a solo... Oh, what's your duet? Is it No Air? I hope so, because one day we can collab on it. It's not. It could be. I mean, it could be. If you want it to be, it could be No Air, but I usually do rock picture by uh, Kid Rock and Show. Oh. That's like my go-to duet song. Yeah, that's an incredible... Those are actually probably to me, top two duet songs when it comes to karaoke. I think so. Uh, my my dad's go-to karaoke and, and duet... I don't know if it's a duet. I don't know why I can't remember if it's a duet or not. But like that man will do Love Shack and just crush it. <laughs> that is amazing. He crushes yeah. a Love Shack. He loves it. That's amazing. I see. I'm not a huge karaoke girl, but I play guitar, so I find like if I'm ever around a campfire or at a party or something, Wagon Wheel usually number one. Yeah, it's like either play Wonderwall or great play sing along. Wagon Wheel. It's just a great thing to sing along. Everybody so knows you, it. Everyone knows the lyrics. So when you're in there and you go to the karaoke club and you're just up there singing Wagon Wheel, you get the whole bar singing with you. Yeah, and that's when you know you pick the good song and everyone's in a good mood. The drinks are flowing. The music is moving you. Nice. And that's what uh, Wagon Wheel does for me. And that's why music's uh, popular. That's why music's that's why popular. It's popular. It's a good take. <laughs> good take, by the way. Thank you. It's a spicy one. Uh, our Thursday three-pack. Last night was a fantastic night in the NHL. I've been meaning to tell you that Mercury is in retrograde right now. And it's a full moon. <laughs> so you sense. asked me the other day if anything is in retrograde. And I was like, oh, I don't think Mars is, but Mercury is. So if you're having a weird means, time right now, the planets are out of whack, and you can blame it on that. And and that's what we're just kind of looking for. What does that mean when something's in retrograde? Like, I actually don't know what that means. It's just a saying that people say when things are out of whack, but I don't know what that actually means. It's when a planet's in a certain phase. Like, you know, when there's a full moon and a, like the moon goes through different places? Sure. It's, I think it's other planets being in different phases that okay 
and that somehow Allegedly affects the whole solar system? Allegedly affects things. Yeah, I gotcha. guess. Not the solar system, but our feelings and the chaos in this world. And Tage Thompson scoring five goals and then being grumpy. And that's what's happening. And that's I guess what's so. I remember you asked me last week, is there, I, is there something going on with the planets? Anyways, there is. And also Tage Thompson scored five goals last night. And also, this is our Thursday three-pack of the next wave of must-see players in the NHL. That's your big advice, count to three. Yeah. Whenever you get scared about anything, you just do this. Just count to three and then do it. So I'll give you to the count of three. One, two, three, not only you and me. Got 180 degrees I'm caught in between. One, two, three. I like it. Okay. So we'll go. Actually, let's start with an honorable mention because I saw the... Um, I saw. I was. I was just writing down my day planner, and the Anaheim Ducks, I believe, are in town on Tuesday night, and I'd just mm-hmm. like to dibs that game uh, in terms of games <laughs> that we go to. Is because, it next week? Uh, it's Tuesday. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're on vacation. I'm not even in the country. You're going so on another cruise. You just pay rent on a cruise ship, and you live there like Zach and Cody. It's the best thing ever. It's not a terrible life. I'll no, I, and I'm highly jealous <laughs> that that you're going to be uh, voyaging the seven seas next week. But yeah, uh, Trevor Zegers is must see to me. I. Trying to think, I haven't seen him play live yet, so so he's yeah, uh, he's he's must see to me, but he's an honorable mention on this list. And so is he so is he honorable mention because we were putting him in this list last year after that like the Zegers goal. And year the, ago, we saw the All Star game was that a year ago? Yesterday, yeah. One year. Wow. Sorry, the Milano goal. <laughs> the- Apologies, the Milano goal. Um, and then just what he did, like the whole Vince Vaughn thing with dodgeball thing at the All Star break, like that was so sick. Yeah, that was awesome. That was so awesome. So I think like last year he broke into that tier of like must see guys for an entertainment value. Yeah. I also saw something of him like they had a Star Wars night in in uh, in Anaheim and he was walking around with like a lightsaber. Oh my god, him and McTavish going yeah. to the rink. That's so funny. Yeah, he's a great great he's character great the game. and great a great the game. ambassador for the game. Uh, team just kind of. <laughs> like they barely have any regulation wins this year. It's it's yeah they suck. Uh, yeah, I was trying to think of a nice way to say that they suck. No, they suck. So they have one regulation win. Did they get another one recently? They're sitting at one for the longest time. They took the, they were sitting at zero for a longer time. Sorry, I meant zero. They were sitting at zero for a long time. They still only have one regulation win through twenty seven games. Oh my gosh, Yikes. that is so disgusting. Um, okay, so let's not talk about them anymore because that just disgusts <laughs> me. Let's get into the other teams, players rather. Okay, so um, we'll go. There's no real list. It's just three guys. So we'll start with Tage Thompson, who I think is putting himself in this category. Uh, I mean, he last year he kind of started to really break out. Like the dude went from being an eight goal scorer to a 38 goal scorer last year. It's crazy. And he did a lot of damage against the Toronto Maple Leafs too. And it's like, dude, this guy's a unicorn. It's like six foot eight, 220 pounds, ginormous, and he moves. Plays down the middle. Moves like a gazelle on the ice yeah. with all that Great body skater. going around. It's 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 really something special. And and what we were treated to last night, the fact that those abilities are inside this guy, and on any given night he can just turn it on like that. Like that's a dude who's becoming must watch hockey. Like the Buffalo Sabres tickets must be going pretty well right now in, in, in Buffalo, like just for people to go and watch the games. But even when they're on the road, like, yeah, I want to go and watch that guy. I yeah. think Tage Thompson is legitimately getting to a point in, in, in his career in this season 
where he's selling tickets in other markets. People want to go and watch him play. Yeah, I don't know if that was the case last night in Columbus. I saw a hilarious, hilarious, hilarious tweet last night. I forget who it was from, but it was something along the lines of, imagine having the worst day at work and you're just grinding through the day and, and the thing that's getting you through is the fact that you got a couple great tickets to the Blue Jackets game and you're a big fan. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. And you uh, get slapped. Nine to, was it nine three, something like that? Uh, yeah. It didn't go well. Uh, no, it did not, but uh, you're right. He he has a wow factor and a pop factor, Nine and four. he's uh, he's much must watch territory now. Well, they were talking about him on on the morning show as well, and, and just seeing has he entered the conversation as one of the best shooters in the NHL. And like I was watching a montage of the goals last night, and just the way that he was scoring was in so many different ways. And I want to play this audio about Mike Johnson, um, or from Mike Johnson earlier about him entering that conversation, which I think is incredible. And now he's like putting himself up there. He's got that massive reach, and and you know he's so tall and like big wind up, so it takes a little while to get it off. But as far as like just ability to shoot the puck, he's entering the, the conversation for as good a shooter as we have right now in the league. I saw some tweets out there last night suggesting that Tage Thompson was the best shooter in his home state. There are some blasphemous takes in that neck of the woods. Now, I know night. you know where his home state is, but some people listening right. may not be aware. That state is Arizona. Yeah. The same state in which one Austin Matthews resides in and has come from. So... That's the type of conversation that's being had right now about Tage Thompson. I don't agree with that. I think no. like Austin Matthews is on a, on a completely different level. Um, but that's not to say that what Thompson's doing is, is, is great, because it is. It's unbelievable, and he's turning into uh, kind of a must-see player. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the New Jersey Devils must watch hockey this season. Yep. And Jack Hughes has been at the center of that. Jacques? Is that what it sounds like? I, sound? I I see people tweet that all the time. Whenever he does something, it's like, oh, Jacuzzi. Oh, I thought you meant that I kind of mumbled there. I was like, oh. No, no, no. no. <laughs> it's just kind of a hockey Twitter okay, thing. Okay, Jacuzzi is uh, sick. And the last season we saw, we didn't see glimmers of it because he had a good year last year. Just mm-hmm. that injury kind of made him fall off my radar personally at least. But 49 games played, 56 points in, in those games played last year. And... Remember that glorious moment, the overtime winner, and then he throws a stick into the crowd, and it was yeah. like, welcome to... He, he'd been in the NHL, but that really felt like, okay, after a 10-point season, or after a 20-point season, after a 30-point season, Jack Hughes has arrived, and then he hurt his shoulder right after, and it kind of was derailed. Uh, I don't know if there's anything that could derail him this season. He's just well, it's so on all the wood. flashy all the out wood there. Uh, he's so flashy out there. He's, I don't know, he's just like exciting to watch every night. Absolutely. And, and he's another one of those guys who, like last year at the All-Star Game, kind of broke out and, and oh, we yeah. saw some some personality there. Like, remember it was the, the mini Jack Hughes? He like went into, a, a, I don't know, a box and then out came a mini Jack Hughes and they did like a... I don't know, the breakaway challenge that way. And they both threw the stick back into Oh, that the... was so cute. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. I, I think I was, uh, the Zegris one had me hung up. I forgot about that magic trick that they pulled off. Yes, that's what it was, a little magic trick. But, like, Jack Hughes, the way that this guy's playing hockey right now, like, he's a he's a magician with the puck, man. He's so <laughs> fun to watch. So fun to watch. And, like, he, he can do it all. He can score goals. He can set guys up. Um, a big reason for the Devils' success right now is is Jack Hughes. And, you know, he was the number one overall pick for a reason. 
And, yeah. and he's proving to people like, yeah, I am that guy. I am him. I am pretty darn good. And uh, he's, he's becoming must-watch must watch hockey for sure. Well, you said he can do it all, but can he do it all? Can he pump guys the way that Brady Kachuk could pump guys? Uh, and Brady Kachuk is the third guy on our little must-watch list. And, and when it comes to do it all, Brady Kachuk is uh, maybe the most complete player pound for pound when it comes to entertainment value that we have on this list. Like Zegers has the personality and the flash and Jack Hughes has both of those things as well. Tage Thompson is um, this giant character who's who's just a sniper now all of a sudden is commanding just big physical commanding presence on the ice. But Brady Kachuk, captain, skilled player, fighter, off player. Hilarious sound bites off the ice. Is he quickly becoming one of the? And this may be strictly because he's he's an Ottawa Senator, and like you grew up, maybe not supposed to be big fans of that club. Forbidden love. Well, he's getting into that category of like guys you, you hate that you love so much. Yes. Like I've I I just love watching Brady Kachuk play. Like just the the way he plays, the blue collar nature of his game. Yeah. He's a dude who takes the puck to the net. He takes no nonsense. Yeah. No nonsense. Like that Truba hit last week and then he went and, and, and fights the dude at center ice and like Truba's a tough guy yeah and he goes and he drops some mitts with him someone and dies stick it up for his Jamie teammates and Jacob Truba, like once a week scored a goal in that yeah. game as well like the guy does it all honestly he's becoming like how many there's not many guys that do that like Tom Wilson is that guy that's a really good player but also tough yeah. but also entertaining like and there's just not as much power forwards in the game today. No, like there used to be. I got to and Tom Wilson and then I stopped short. Yeah. Like I don't know if you noticed, but like, I didn't know Nico where else to Ranson go with that. is kind of one of those guys, yeah. but he's not an aggressive player. Like he's he plays a heavy style game, not but mean. he's not going to drop the mitts. He's not going to fight you. He's not going to you know get in your grill and get in your face if you're snowing your goalie. Yeah, but that's what Brady Kachuk brings on top of it. Like his brother does some of that, obviously, but. It's it's a small list, and it's not something that we see in the modern-day NHL. And it's something that I appreciate as more of a blue-collar hockey fan. I, I enjoy that. Growing up, like Darcy Tucker, Ty Domi, like those were guys who I respected and loved watching that game. That's a reason why Michael Bunting is somewhat of a, a fan favorite. He's a bit of a pest. Brady's the same way, except he actually dropped the mitts, and he yeah. actually fills dudes in the way that Darcy and, and Domi did the other day, uh, back in the day. But he also fills the net with goals. Yeah, that's so, a unicorn in this day and age. It really is. And if you're a fantasy player, that is a guy who f- does nothing but fill up every single statistical category. If you're in like in a Cats fantasy league, Brady Kachuk, low-key, one of the best fantasy guys in the league, if you have like those settings. It's crazy. Uh, all right, on the other side, let's get back into tonight's game, Leafs-Kings on TSN 1050. Uh, we'll get to it from a betting perspective. School of Degeneracy, coming up next. This is Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. Time now for Al's Brothers School of Degeneracy. Back to school. Back to school. Jackpot. TSN 1050 has your easiest chance to win Leafs tickets all season long. Follow at TSN 1050 on Instagram. Find our latest giveaway post, like it, and tell us who you'd bring to see the Leafs versus Ducks on December 13th. A winner will be announced tomorrow right here on Leafs Lunch. And with that, AB, your school of degeneracy. 
Yeah, so the Leafs uh, coming into tonight. They'll look to pick up right where they left off on their last little homestand that they were on. They got the Kings coming into town. Toronto favored minus 178 on the money line. Um, but I like the puck line tonight for the Maple Leafs. I like them to win by two goals tonight at plus 156. I think that's decent value because this is a team that's won four of the last five games. And in all four of those games, the puck line is hit. They seem to be either extending leads or putting pucks in with an empty net to make sure it's a two-goal game. So if they win tonight, I think it'll be by multi-goals. So Leafs puck line at plus money is a pretty good value bet. Leafs over three and a half goals, paying plus 106. They've scored three in at least six straight and four plus goals in four of the last six games. And we're talking about an LA team that gave up nine goals to the Kraken a week ago. So their goaltending has been very suspect. Jonathan Quick, an 8.83 save percentage on the road this year. He's getting a start in net. He's giving up an average of three and a half goals per game. Um, And then you look at the penalty kill, 72%. So that power play could feast. Also bump those numbers up a little bit. And then Mitch Marner. I think he keeps the streak going tonight. 21 games in a row. I think he records that points in the first period. Okay. Which plays plus 300. 13 times over this 20-game stretch, he's factored in on the team's first goal, and he's got 13 points in the first period. So I think that continues tonight. Pace the uh, 3-1 to one odds. So that's what I like tonight. I was told by a little birdie that, uh, Josh, quickly, what's one play that you like tonight? Well, we were talking about Sean Dursey bringing 200 of his family and friends Insane. to the game. I don't and like that many people. It's a reason it's called the school degeneracy, because I'm rolling with Sean Dursey's over on FanDuel, eight, plus 800 to score a goal tonight. I, I feel the storyline, he's going to get his eighth. All of Mississauga is going to be in Scotiabank Arena. I, I love it. I love it. Eight to one odds, Sean Dursey records a goal. He did Seems score, to happen. He did score a goal last time he was in Scotiabank Arena last year. His first goal in the National Hockey League. So it could potentially happen again tonight. All right, that does it for us here today. Leafs Lunch was brought to you by Vanilla Visa prepaid cards. Available for purchase at Petro Canada. The perfect gift for any occasion. Leafs. Kings tonight on TSN 1050. If you missed any of tonight's show, you can find it on TSN 1050.ca, the Art Radio app, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano for Juliet Sherry. Gameplay with Maddie Koss, next.